Hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. We're presented, as always, by DraftKings. It's been a couple weeks since I did a rant, or so maybe three, four weeks. I know we had a Matthew Futterman from New York Times talking about the disturbing and emotional story of Peng Shui, who is somewhere in China, and what he called comfortable captivity. And we don't know exactly whether she's secure and safe. I and if you haven't, I advise you to listen to the podcast again. Really deep dive into the Peng Shui story in China. And of course, two weeks ago, we dove into the baseball lockout with Professor Andrew Zimbalist, an expert in sports economics, especially with baseball. So again, check those out as well. As we get towards the end of the year, I'll be linking up some other shows throughout the year uh, through my Twitter, where you can sort of check out kind of the best of 2021 with the Business of Sports podcast. We are going to do rants. Uh, I'm going to get into some just some COVID issues as we are here recording this on December 23rd, which is, for those Seinfeld fans out there, Festivus. Remember Jerry's father, George's father, Frank Costanza. I got a lot of problems with you people. Happy Festivus to all. Merry Christmas to all who celebrate as we head towards the new year. Don't worry, you'll hear me again as we get into uh, New Year's week next week. But Merry Christmas in a couple of days to all who celebrate. As far as the rants, I'll get to them in a minute. I First, I want a, a word from AutoZone. If you're looking to take care of your car's battery needs, there's no better place than AutoZone. Why? Because they're America's number one battery destination. You know, we're hitting the cold season. You need that battery. For starters, they're the only place that carries proven tough Duralast batteries. They've got an extensive line of replacement batteries ready to fit your specific needs based on your make and your model. Those replacement batteries start at just $79.99. You can upgrade your battery without breaking your wallet. That is a reasonable price. They've even got free battery testing and charging. So sometimes you may think your battery is the issue, but in reality, it's your starter or your alternator. You'll find out just with AutoZone. With their free testing, you can get some reliable answers before you decide to spend some serious cash on something you might actually not need. AutoZone also has free battery charging, as I mentioned. So if you simply need a charge, they can do that as well. Need I say more? The proof is in the pudding. Next time you need a battery help or, or to get your battery ready for harsh winter weather, you know that's coming. Unfortunately, it is. Start at AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Okay. Here's my rants for the week, and obviously we're going to talk about COVID. The Omicron variant has obviously become something that's extremely transmissible. Uh, the good news is that we see there does not appear to be a tremendous amount of illness associated with it, at least in the cohort that we're talking about with sports, where you see a lot of people that are becoming infected with the Omicron variant of the COVID-19 virus, but you do not see a lot of people with symptoms that are worrisome for the most part. Again, it's hard to generalize these things. But when the NFL decided to postpone games last week, I thought it was telling that the doctor from the Washington football team on that call said of the, I don't know the number, maybe 21 positives that were showing for the Washington football team, the doctor said 19 of those 21, he would say, could play, could play in the game. 
Now, we've had COVID protocols in the NFL for now what's approaching full two years, two seasons. Now, the NFL is lucky because we're only in season two of COVID, whereas NHL, Major League Baseball, and uh, well, not Major League Baseball, but NHL and NBA, where COVID hit in March 2020 in the middle of those seasons, and they went to bubbling, we're in year three in those sports. So year three in the NHL and NBA, year two in the MLB and NFL. A couple things to note. First on the other sports, the NHL has gone on pause. Uh, We think it's going to be a short pause, but with all the infections, with teams struggling to fill out rosters, the NBA decided, okay, we're stopping. They went on pause. Now think about what going on pause means. First of all, it means in the middle of a season, you're sending your product to darkness. This is kind of like 2020 in March when the NBA and NHL and all sports went dark, just dark. That's what the NHL is doing, albeit for a very short time. That is a step. Now, when we talk about leadership of these sports leagues, you have to wonder what is the right move. And I'm going to get to the NFL, which is a complete opposite of stopping, of pausing. You wonder if that's even on the table. But they've done it. So I'm not here to say kudos. I'm not here to say that's leadership. I'm saying that's attacked, right? That's attacked to actually stop your league pause and then come back. The NBA is having all these positives to the point where they are postponing games. So they are postponing games and we're putting out products with maybe seven or eight players that are usual players and maybe less than that. There was a game by the uh, Brooklyn Nets who are obviously one of the league favorites and Kevin Durant was playing. But you bet get past Kevin Durant and, oh, my God, I'm a pretty big NBA fan. I didn't know who these guys were. Someone named David Duke. Poor, you know, I feel for the guy, poorly named. Some, I mean, who are these guys? And they're scoring 10, 15, 20 points. It's not – so G League players, people are coming up, people you never heard of, people that would stay on the bench but for the, the COVID situation. Wow. But my point with the NHL on pause and the NBA postponing games is that it's not as simple as we think. And this is the business of sports. It's not as simple as them coming back and saying, okay, let's restart. No, these games are going to have to be fit in somehow. And think about these arenas. Some of these arenas have NHL and NBA. How are you going to squeeze those in? Some of these arenas All of these arenas, I would think, have events way beyond NFL and NBA, concerts, events, uh, gatherings, whatever it may be. Concerts is the main thing. So how are they going to squeeze that in? It's it's not as simple as just shove it in. So these are going to be tough things because once you find a date in the future where there's no basketball or hockey game or event or concert, can you get the other team? into that, that window where they're not playing in their city or on the way to their city or all those kind of things. That's what we're looking at here. I just think it's a massive undertaking to cancel or put, a, put the season on pause, as we do with the NHL, to postpone NBA games. People don't realize this. Events, arenas, stadia, facility are booked out 
way in advance, way in advance. So kudos to the NFL, I'm sorry, the NHL and NBA for doing this. Now let's get to the NFL. Here's my statement about the NFL. I don't know if there is something that would cancel an NFL game. I just don't know. In the last week, we've had positive COVID uh, results on 20 plus players for, I believe, three teams, maybe now four with the Jets this week. We had it for the Rams, we had it for Washington, and we had it for the Browns. And my sources tell me there were a lot of discussions about canceling those games until the discussions went to the fact that we're not canceling. Because think about the three games that got postponed last weekend. The Browns, Raiders, Washington, Philly, and Seattle, Rams, right? Had they been canceled because of 20-plus positives on three of those teams, six teams would have been affected. Not three, six. Six teams times between practice squad and everything else, maybe 60 players each at least, say 70 players each, somewhere between 60 and 70. That's 400 players. It's 400 players. 400 players would have gone without one-seventeenth of their pay. That wasn't going to happen. So what happened? J.C. Treder, who, who is now COVID positive, the president of the Player Association, we wish he, that he's feeling well, wouldn't let it happen. So what did they agree to? They agreed to when the union was first talking about, hey, we need to be tested every day. Now they're saying, yeah, test symptomatic vaccinated players and, and test unvaccinated players, but don't test asymptomatic vaccinated players. That's where we are now. So now it becomes we're testing those with symptoms and we're testing the unvaccinated. But you're cool. You've been vaccinated. You're walking around. And we and God knows we hope they're truly vaccinated. Not like Antonio Brown with the fake card we only knew about from the unpaid chef. This is, a, this is serious because we are recognizing what I say every week. The business of sports always wins. The NFL has decided to play through for two years, and here we are again. The one thing they have in their back pocket, the NFL, is the week before the Super Bowl. They have that week. So what they could do that week is hold it. And if there's a problem, I'm thinking playoffs, not weeks 16, 17, 18. If there's a playoff issue, push it back. But they're going to hold that last week in their pocket as long as they can. At this point, I think it's 50-50 whether we have a week between the Super Bowl or not, because this is a highly transmissible virus, more so than ever, the Omicron. Okay, so the NFL is playing through hell or high water COVID, Omicron, whatever it is, they're playing through because the business of football is winning. And I'll go through my top 10 business of football stories next week on the pod, but it is winning big time. All right. I'm going to get to a business of college football issue in a minute. First, a word from Visa. Overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure, the MVPs of small business Lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people can empower, the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, 
a network working for everyone. Now, college football is not immune from this problem at all. What we have seen in the past couple of days is a fascinating story about a bowl game. And the bowl game is the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, scheduled to feature Wake Forest against Texas A&M. Sounds like a good game. Texas A&M can't field a team. They can't field a team. They're down to, I believe, 28 scholarship players, 20 of which, 20 of which are offensive and defensive linemen. They have had such a rash, such an outbreak of the Omicron variant with Texas A&M. They cannot play the game. So a lot of fans, and it ran through my mind, would say, oh, geez, I mean, there's 50 bowl games. This one's not a Final Four game. All right, so so be it. Sorry, it's over. They're not going to play. But then you get into the world of business, and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. The payout to each team in this bowl is $5.3 million, according to Ross Dellinger of SI. And I'm like, whoa, okay, they're playing. And sure enough, Wake Forest needs an opponent. And the report, as we're recording this on December 23rd, is that Rutgers, a 5-7 and seven team, I'll repeat, Rutgers, a 5-7 and seven team, will replace Texas A&M against Wake Forest in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, a couple issues here. Why Rutgers? Because it, it's interesting because reading about this, Illinois and some other teams kind of put out tweets like, hey, we're ready. Even though the players aren't there right now, how are they going to get ready? Who cares? They want the money. They want to play. And the players want to play. The school wants the money. Interesting in the reporting is that they picked Rutgers because they had the highest APR of the eligible teams that could potentially play in this game. What's APR? It's really an, it's a it's a grade point average, right? It's what's the highest APR. So we're rewarding Rutgers with five million dollars because of their academic performance of their team. I think that's a good thing, right? When would academic performance really matter? Now it matters. Now it matters. Like, wow, okay. Rutgers doing well in the classroom, those athletes, matters to the tune of $5 million, getting them ready to go to Jacksonville in a few days and play against Wake Forest in a big bowl game. And it is a big bowl game. We've all heard of the Gator Bowl. We haven't heard of the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. We've all heard of the Gator Bowl. So good on Rutgers for the APR, which means great point average. And good on Wake Forest for getting a opponent. But I'm sure there are teams like Illinois is one that say, wait a minute, Rutgers instead of us? Well, hey, look at your grade point average. Interesting. Interesting way to pick an opponent. But back to my theme of this podcast, of my brand all these years, the business of sports wins. They're playing. Just like the NFL. They're playing. They're playing this bowl game, Right. There may be a bowl game canceled here and there, but not this level of bowl game. They're playing. Not a, le- not a bowl game that gives out $5 million per team. And it's not just that money. What about Jacksonville? All the sponsor activation. What about Tax Slayer? Their biggest moment of the year sponsor-wise. That is now intact. What about the media deal? I don't know if it's played on ESPN, probably one of the ESPNs. Intact. Intact. So Texas A&M? 
COVID, sorry, okay, you're out, but we'll give the money to Rutgers. You got a good APR, a good GPA. They're five and seven, so what? Gator Bowl intact. Rutgers fans, maybe they'll fly, maybe they travel well from Jersey. Here we go, south for the winter. And then we got a game. The business of college sports, that wins. Okay, I've got one more rant. I first want to give you a word from one of our sponsors, Keeps. Do you know that two out of three men suffer some form of hair loss? Do you know that? It's 50 million in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness. And, and I'm learning there are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. It's a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. It's a low cost. It's convenient virtual doctor consultations. You never have to leave your home. The medications are right to your door every three months. Discreet packaging. And it's proven results. Has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention's key. So start soon because treatments can take up to four to six months. So if you're ready to take action to really prevent hair loss, prevent male pattern baldness, deal with it. Go to keeps.com slash BOS. That's business of sports. You receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash BOS. Get your first month free. Keeps.com slash BOS. Okay. One more quick note on the business of sports. A note I saw about baseball. As we know, and I talked about my podcast three weeks ago with Andrew Zimbalist, a professor of economics at Smith College, who is a historian economics professor about baseball. We're in a lockout. And what does the lockout mean? Well, you know from the NFL lockouts, that means no business is transacted, not a one. Players were signed before the lockout. Players will be signed after lockout, but we don't know when the lockout's going to last. Lockout is imposed by management as a tool to have players, you know, negotiate a little less firmly because if they're not getting paid, they're not signing deals. Management has the upper hand as, they, as it would, in theory, in collective bargaining negotiations. They're trying to get a new CBA done. Their CBA expired. Here we go. But it turns out, and this was a note about baseball salaries in 2021, it turns out even though the owners want a better economics reset for baseball, the owners are winning. Baseball salaries collectively, all players, were down four point something percent, over 4% in 2021. Okay, so we take the COVID year away, down from 2019, 4%. Think about that. Because what we're used to in the business of sports is then in team sports pay collectively, forget about individuals, it's always going north. It's always going up, always going up. Even if it's a little, it's always going up. Salary caps, always going up. Now, COVID years, take that aside. Baseball's going down. And it's not just a year-to-year -year thing, even 19 to 21. We are seeing the lowest collective baseball pay since 2015. I'll say that again. The salaries collectively in 2021 are the lowest collectively in Major League Baseball since 2015. That is noteworthy. That's worthy of this branch rant. Why? Who knows why? Here's my comment. I, it's my broken record on baseball. It has no cap. That's a problem for the players. It's a problem for the owners in the fact that there's no ceiling. There's no upper limit on spending like there is in hockey 
in basketball and in football, there's a tax, but teams that want to spend over the tax are not over the tax threshold are not prohibited from doing so as you would be with a cap. They just pay a tax into a fund. Now, for teams like the Dodgers, who are paying $300 million in payroll, that's fine, right? What a great thing for baseball players to have the Dodgers around. But while we have a team, and I don't think it was $300 million, but approaching a $300 million payroll, here's the stat that stands out to me. 10, 10 of the 30 baseball teams, 10 have a payroll under $100 million. 10 have a payroll under 100 million. At the bottom is Pittsburgh at $50 million. So this is something you could never have in football or basketball. You have a team with a payroll of 50 million. You have a team with a payroll of almost 300 million in the same league competing against each other. You have 10 teams under a hundred million. You have a couple teams approaching 300 million, right? So this is a problem because what these leagues are built on is competitive balance. And what caps do is create competitive balance. And what people don't realize about the lack of a cap in baseball, sure, there's no ceiling. So Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, etc., can go crazy. But there's no floor. And this is what you have to realize about salary caps. For baseball players' purposes, you need a floor. You need these 10 teams spending less than $100 million to spend more. How much more? I don't know. Maybe you have a cap of $150 million in baseball. Maybe you have a cap of $180 million. Maybe you have a cap of $175 million. But the problem is baseball players historically, going back to Marvin Miller and Don Fear, especially Don Fear leading the MLB Players Association all those years, always believe in two words, free market. So free market, if there's no floor, fine but there's no ceiling. Free market is an anathema to a salary cap because they see a cap as directly impacting a free market. So what has this led to? Well, what we've seen has led to in 2021 where we had a real year with fans, collective player paid down 4%. Okay, now people may say, oh, these guys are still millionaires. They're still giving out these huge contracts. The Fernando Tatis deal for $340 million. The, the Max Scherzer deal. The, <laughs> all these deals. Corey Seager deal, $250 million. I mean, yes, but when you look at pay over sport, you look collectively, right? You don't look at individual players. You can't from my angle, from an expert angle. Collectively, what's happening? What's happening? So here we are. Baseball salaries are down, not up, down. So what I'm looking for in this negotiation with the players is, is there some mechanism, if I were representing the players, is there a mechanism to ensure year-to-year increases of collective player spending? I'd like to know that. Now, the owners, as we talked about with Andrew Zimbalist, they're going to try to get you know more playoff expansion. They're going to try to lessen the free agent numbers. The, the players are trying to get more free agents. The owners are trying to get less free agents because free agents is where you make your money. That builds up collective pay. So I'm not, you know, this is going to come down to, you know, deadlines for action. And the deadline is probably not until training camp in baseball, which is March or end of February. But, you know, that stat 
should really embolden the Players Association, led by Tony Clark, to go at it, to go at it in negotiations. Throw that up there. Throw that up there. Collective baseball players have not been this low salaries since 2015. Wow. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I got a lot going out there. I've got my newsletter, of course. Andrew-Brandt.com is how you sign up. I'm starting something new. I mentioned this on Ross Tucker's podcast. Sports Business League, for people who want more of me, it's a way to get it. I'll do a daily dose. I'll do a weekly roundtable. I'll do a monthly lecture. You'll get all my content. And here's how you do it. Uh, it's a link, and it's the Sports Business League link. I will post it in the show notes here. And I want encourage those of you who follow me and want more from your sports content, want more of my content, want more of my interaction with me, join the Sports Business League. Link to sign up will be in the show notes. It's a great holiday gift for you or the sports fan in your life, the sports student in your life, sports business, sports law, sports policy, sports thought. It's all going to be there. So go to the link, join the Sports Business League. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt, Instagram Andrew Brandt 2, and of course, uh, Apple Podcasts, rankings, comments are always appreciated. We have one more in 2021, but I just really love all the, all these fans that come every week, whether I have a guest or the Brant's Rants. I appreciate you all. Appreciate my producer, Brian Neal. Appreciate my music producer, the one and only Sam Brant, who's about to come and join me on vacation this week. Uh, and of course, listen to, write, read my column at Sports Illustrated and newsletter and sports business. All right, we'll leave it there, and I'll be back next week, last week of the year, with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.